Hi, you. Welcome to The Conversation Pit, the modernized version of The Conversation Pits of the 1970s. This is where life and business changing conversations happen bi-weekly to accelerate your life and business growth with perspective shifting conversations and connections with myself and our favorite business and industry leaders. I'm Ash Henry, a writer, traveler, storyteller, and speaker that loves conversation, connection, and creating immersive spaces of belonging. I'm the founder and CEO of The Cheetah Company, where we help female founders create harmonious lifestyles and businesses in the modern age with a traditional twist. The Cheetah Company was established in 2020 at the height of when starting a business should have been the last thing on my mind. But seeing an opportunity to serve female founders in a way only we could, I knew it had to happen. I've been in marketing, sales, and leadership roles in startups, retail, corporate, higher education, and hospitality since the age of 15. I'm bringing stories, revelations, divulgences, unveilings, teachings, and methods designed to support your life and business growth, shift your perspectives, and elevate your approaches to connect with who you are and who you're becoming, We'll bring our conversations to light through one-on-one episodes, guest episodes with our favorite business and industry leader conversations. And at the end of each episode, we're going to invite you to start your own conversations in your life and business to create timeless experiences and everlasting relationships. Excited to chat with you always and ready for our everlasting connection to begin. Join the conversation in the conversation pit. We'll see you inside. Bring something to sip on. Cocktail, mocktail, cup of tea or coffee. And we'll see you there. Hello, hello. My name is Ashley Henry. Welcome to your conversation pit. I'm just pretending I'm literally in a conversation pit with you right now. It's like 1960s, 1970s. And we have a cocktail in hand and we are just getting started. So I'm excited to be here with you. And I wish we really were sitting in a conversation pit. If you don't know me, I'm Ashley Henry. You've heard the intro, all that good stuff. But something that I love to delve into is we are currently renovating our first investment property to be an Airbnb. And I have continuously thought, how can I make a conversation pit in this house? And I cannot, but I have made my office as close to a 1970s kind of like 80s retro office vibe as possible. So there's so much inspiration to your conversation pit that we'll talk about over many seasons to come. But right now, I just want to dig into everything that we're meant to talk about today. You read the episode title, The Generational Pattern I'm Breaking Through Conversation and Connection. It might be a little shortened, you know, SEO purposes, but that's the ultimate goal of this episode. I really want to talk about the deeper stuff of why we are building brands and why we're building these creative collections that are going to leave a legacy longer than we will be here. Ultimately, you'll hear about this a lot, and it's kind of a a touchy, difficult topic to talk about right now, but we're about to be friends on this podcast, so I'm just going to dive in. I have recently lost my brother-in-law, who was truly my brother in every which way. And he, I can't even tell you more about him right now without like tearing up. And I'm just going to stay focused on the goal of what I'm trying to say here. But his name was Isaiah Henry. And 
at the celebration of his life, I really realized even more what we're doing with all of the brands that we're building. You know, my name's Ashley Henry, and I have a personal brand attached to that name. But when I think of that name, I'm just like, that's the name that my mom chose for me, that my parents chose for me. Um, Of course, I'm married, so that's not my maiden name. But that first name, eight letters, (laughs) Ashley is not spelled the usual way. And there's so much connection to your name, the generational patterns behind you, the things that you're breaking through in this life just by being you, just by being the fullest expression of you. And so for Isaiah, sometimes I'll call him Isa. He was the fullest expression of himself, and I had the honor of being his sister for about nine years. And sitting at the celebration of his life, you could just see that he lived the fullest expression of himself, and he was constantly in kind of a invisible conversation pit with people. And my goal was to have him on this podcast to talk about some of the things that inspire us to build the brands that we've been building. And I'll tell you about those in a second. But we had conversations all the time about film and art and music, of course, but anything that's like worth living for, we had conversations about. And he was a very logical yet emotional individual. It was just like he was the perfect median between the two. And to be able to see what this podcast is going to become just just about 40-ish days from from his death is insane to me because so much of this podcast was inspired by Isaiah. And I never really thought that would be a story I would be sharing with you because Essentially, this was another brand. This was another brand that was going to serve you and point to different things that we have coming for my personal brand at Ashley C. Henry. And of course, the Cheetah Company, you heard about you heard about that. And if you know us personally, we're a marketing and sales firm that helps female founders to really be able to speak about their brands with confidence and capability, build them in a timeless and everlasting way. So I just thought your conversation pit is another brand to the collection. And when I was sitting at my brother's celebration of life, I thought this is more than just another brand. And it's it's an expression that's going to exist long after I am gone where conversations are going to continue. And one day somebody will be able to discover this podcast (laughs) when I am no longer physically on this earth. So we have a lot to get into, but... I am going to be referencing Isaiah pretty often throughout this podcast because, again, he was a huge inspiration to this podcast, and I don't even think he really knew how much of an inspiration he was. So I'm going to tell you a couple things about our brand, and then we're going to dive in. So you've heard about the Cheetah Company. You've heard about Ashley C. Henry, and I have so many goals with my personal brand, but the the ultimate goal is to break generational patterns, to help people express themselves more, to tell their stories with complete and total confidence, and to kind of bring that campfire-esque feeling back to storytelling, where we are either around a campfire (laughs) and a few chairs with a nice, like, old-fashioned, that is my favorite way to enjoy, like, summer and fall, 
or to be in a conversation pit together. And if you haven't looked up what a conversation pit is, please pause this, Google. (laughs) There's such a vibe. But ultimately, we have a couple of brands that I just love and I adore. And I really want you to love and adore your brands. And I want you to be the biggest inspiration to your own self for your brands. And that's for like a different episode. Again, we're talking about generational patterns here, but it kind of matches. So we'll get into it a little bit. And then the final brand I would love for you to know about. So we have Ashley C. Henry, my personal brand. We have Your Conversation Pit, where you are right now, the Cheetah Company, where we help you build timeless and everlasting businesses uh, through marketing, sales, and leadership. But we've helped plenty of women start businesses from the ground up, and we've helped leaders that have been in their industry for 10 to 20 years move into the online space or move into a brick and mortar space. And finally, the House of Harmony is my favorite. (laughs) That's going to be our investment property where you will be able to stay one day if you choose to in Asheville, North Carolina, uh, to just be immersed in this space. We absolutely love Asheville and there's so much that we adore about it. My husband, Chris, and I have been married for almost nine years. (laughs) No, we've been together almost nine years. Uh, Married maybe six. I think we're coming up on six or seven. I always forget. I am the person in the relationship that always forgets. But ultimately, I just want you to know about all of our brands, know where you can find us, connect with us, because ultimately... Our conversations are amazing here, but I want to continue them where you and I can have a back and forth. So all of those will be listed in the show notes, of course, but I just want to give you an overview of our creative collection and our creative legacy. And I'm excited to hear about yours, see yours, but that means you'll have to connect with us. So we do have a fun little something for you where you can leave a voice message for us, which I'm excited about. Uh, So that's going to be in the show notes where you can leave us a little voicemail, talk about whatever you want to talk about. I think you do have a time limit, if I remember correctly. But if you want to respond to anything on this podcast, if you want to ask questions, like that's the place to do it. Also, come to any of our brands and ask us any questions. But if you specifically want to be aired on the podcast and hear your your response featured or your question featured if you have a question then that's where you can do it and I would just love to have a back and forth with you obviously because I am actually imagining that we are are in a conversation pit together right now so let's get into this first episode now that we've like cleared the air you have all this information let's go so the generational pattern I'm breaking through conversation and connection this is going to be obviously kind of a a background about what I'm doing through all of these different brands that we're building, but I want it to be thought-provoking for you to really consider what's the bigger why. Of course, everyone talks about the why, but what's the bigger heartbeat and vibration behind the brand? That's what I want you to think of. I think people are kind of bored with the usual rhetoric, right? Like, okay, think about your why. We're bored with thought leadership. Like, yes, become a thought leader. We're bored with uh, become a brand authority, like become the authority of your brand and of your industry. I think leaders don't necessarily think in those margins because they're still kind of like a little tight and not saying that I won't use that information or use that rhetoric and that messaging throughout our, our marketing. But 
I want you to think differently about it more so in this. I don't, it doesn't matter if I have a title like thought leadership, like I am a thought leader or I have brand authority. I want you to think deeper and more humanistically about what you're actually here to do on this earth. And this is a question I ask all of our private consulting clients. It's in our messaging documentation. As soon as they start, even if they've worked with a brand designer before, I'm going to have them, even if they are a brand designer as well, (laughs) I'm going to have them go through this messaging documentation because we go so deep because I have a different perspective when it comes to branding, marketing, sales, and leadership. We also really evaluate lifestyles. Are you happy? Are you excited every day when you wake up? Are you taking care of yourself every day? Are your relationships falling apart because you're building a business or are they kind of the fuel behind what you do? I opened this conversation talking about my brother and that kind of gives a little wink to you that I had deeper conversations outside of the online business space or outside of working with brick and mortar clients and clients all over the globe that are building online businesses. It's deeper work here that we're doing because ultimately we're thinking about what's the life like? Are you happy with your life? If you have a creative collection of brands, but at the end of your life, nobody is celebrating you for the person you were, or they didn't really know you outside of like consultant, coach, service provider, or if they didn't know you outside of brand person, like (laughs) they just knew you as this thought leader, but they didn't know you beyond that. That gets really sticky. I want you to have a life where people really know you, you know? So any who's or what'sy, let's get into it. Let's get into it. I, I just feel excited to sit down and talk about this because it's not something that I've seen a lot in business conversations. I'm sure that it is somewhere. I don't really like that line of like, nobody's talking about this. I'm sure somebody in the world is talking about this. But I want to bring more more conversation to this idea that your creative collection, your legacy doesn't just equal your business. Sitting at the celebration of life of my brother, a hundred souls filled those pews. He was 25 and he had more jobs than anyone I knew, even myself. And I was like on the human design arena or like what my human design is. I'm a mental projector. So experimentation is like not my middle name. It's like my pre-name. It comes before Ashley. And I had lots of different jobs, especially through college, just like paying for college and trying to learn as much as possible. And yet Isaiah had more jobs. He had more friends than me, which I am a social butterfly. So that's wild. And there was so much to his life. He had so many hobbies. There was so much that he did all the time. And he was always telling us something new. Like I made a new friend. Like I decided to go out to this thing and they handed me a beer and I didn't know them and I just wanted to hang out. So I did. And that's happened to me since he's passed. And I feel like it's his little wink towards me of like, hey, (laughs) are you really getting into conversations with strangers? And I feel like I have been, but not nearly as much as he does or as much as he did. And thinking about life in such a different perspective, just about 40 days off from his death, 
really prepared me for this conversation even more. And obviously I'm talking a lot because this is a podcast, but let's get into the questions for you to really think about your life in a different way and not so margined. Like, okay, I have work over here and work is like 100% of my life and I have negative 10% for myself. I want you to know as a founder and as a founder who has several brands now in the portfolio, and this would be... This is my third business, The Cheetah Company. I was a photographer before this for about a decade, and it was a referral-only business. And then I sold products, and then I'm here. (laughs) And that is all in between with a huge career in corporate, higher education, startups, retail, and hospitality, and things in between. I was once a barista. I have to give like a little cute little mention to that. If you're ever in Ocala, Florida, please go to Chelsea's Coffee. Okay. So I just want you to know I have background that I'm here to provide you because I don't want you to get lost in creating a business and not connecting that to your soul's work. So regarding clients and having them go through this messaging document, one of the questions that most people get pretty hung up on to the point that we have changed our protocol. I will not just like give this document to a client and then never really like check in with it in terms of like really checking in deeply with each question. Now we go through each question over two meetings and private consulting to dig deeper because usually someone's like, we work with powerhouses and private consulting, honestly, like folks that have two to six brands in their portfolio, some of them in the six-figure realm, multi-six-figure, seven-figure realm, and they've got a lot going on. They've got teams. Some of them have brick and mortars and online businesses. And so I know our client. They're like jumping in thinking, I'm going to get this messaging document done real quick. And now we give such parameters for it, like create a special day to go through this document and (laughs) prepare to have this amount of time, sit down with some coffee or a tea or a cocktail to just really let things flow. And then we're going to go through it on a call and I make them go deeper. I say, what do you mean by this? And can you connect this to your childhood? So of course, we're going to be getting into inner child work here. (laughs) If you know me, I'm like, I'm I'm a really good mix of energetics and just like strategic approach, methodologies, frameworks. I'm pragmatic, but I'm also very intuitive. And I implore you to be the same. (laughs) I was just talking to a potential client the other day and she was like, I just wanted to do this thing. I'm not going to call her out, but she was saying, I just wanted to build this class to show my industry how to do this thing. And then here I am X amount of years later, and I'm like shadow work, ancestral work. I'm calling on my ancestors for help and having all of this inner child work. And I, we were cackling, we were cackling because isn't that the truth? Like a business journey is just, (laughs) it's such personal development that like, you have a brand attached to your own personal development and then you get to be a leader of a team, most likely, that's also going through their own personal development. So you're like guiding them on the way. Anyways, I'm getting off topic. This is your conversation pit. I will go off topic. I'm not going to pull myself back to like 0.1, 0.2, 3 If that bothers you, the podcast probably isn't for you. I'm going to get on tangents and that's how it is talking to me in real life. So we're just going to go that route. 
but let's go. Let's talk about this. So I want to ask you some questions before we get started on generational patterns. I'm going to tell you about my story and what the Cheetah Company really started as and how it started to break out into these different brands. And I also do want to say I had a very different plan uh, in 2022, I believe. I I want to say I started this company, the Cheetah Company, in 2020. I left my startup job as a marketing strategist at the height of the pandemic. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start my own agency, did that social media agency, lead generation agency. And then I quickly realized like, this is not the best fit for the online business space. I'm not saying that agencies don't work. If I wanted that lifestyle, I think it would be very smart for us to still have that in our business strategy to have a social media and lead generation agency while also working with clients on consulting. But knowing that we were able to get into some spaces of someone's like marketing and sales strategy, but not the full, like full, full side. I was going to say like full kabang. I'm not good at like sayings. Like I can't even say the word that I want to say, like colloquialisms. Can't say it, won't even try, but that I think of it, I can spell it, <laughs> but I can't say it. And, you know, the whole shebang will go that route. We know that we could help people in an agency style because we've done it. We hit six figures. We did all the things that the online business space says is great. And I was so depleted, adrenal fatigue through and through, burnt out, ready to just like shut it down. And I knew that about six to eight months into the agency. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to transfer this, like transmute this trauma into something different. And we're going to change it into consulting, coaching, and education, like educational spaces where people could get helped. And then once you build all these foundations, it's way easier to work with an agency anyways. So sometimes we still like offer a little something, something on the back end for clients if they want agency work, but it's very a la carte <laughs> for the creme de la creme. Okay. So ultimately... I had to ask myself really big questions when I was burnt out in adrenal fatigue, like working with a hormone coach and saying, oh my gosh, I'm still struggling with these issues. That's crazy. And I wasn't sleeping. I didn't feel good each day waking up. Like I was very fatigued, very on hypervigilant, high alert. And it connected a lot. (laughs) I hope you don't laugh, but if you do laugh, that's fine. It connected a lot to my childhood trauma. I was very hypervigilant as a child. I was very hyperactive to try to fit into the mold and space of my home because, and I've like talked to my parents about this, so it's all good. Uh, This is all coming from a space of like teaching and learning and providing some insight, but very healed from this. I have a great relationship with my parents. I love them. But ultimately, I had some struggles growing up as an extrovert in a house of introverts. And then in teenage years, adulthood, business, working in corporate even, higher education, I was told I'm too much. (laughs) I talk too much. I'm too loud. I'm too vivacious, all those things. And literally, someone said I'm too vivacious. And I've struggled with... mm, women feeling threatened by me. That's been a hard one that I feel like we're very much on the other side of, but that's been a hard one. 
just struggling to find how I can be my best, boldest, most expressive self while also not influencing others to feel like they can't be theirs, you know? So coming back to that idea of like business is kind of personal development alongside building a brand, I had to unlearn a lot of things to be able to sit in the sea right now, to be able to talk to you right now, so expressive, so embodied, so chill, like shoes off. It's a Friday night as I'm recording this. I have a spicy watermelon margarita next to me and I'm in my office that looks like a mix between 1970s, 1980s, and just like high-end vibes, like the Cheetah HQ, you know? And to build a memorable brand, you have to be memorable yourself. You have to know who you are because otherwise you're just going to look around and be like, I want to be a little bit like them and like them and my mentor and my coach and this and that. And sometimes even then you're like trying to break out of this mold and box of what you think business should be. And you forget that you are memorable just as yourself. Like if we were in a conversation pit together and you step down those cute little stairs in your own outfit and your own vibe and your own essence with your chosen cocktail, you would be a vibe in your own right. Like that's just who you would be. And we come into business and I think a lot of people forget that. They're like, you're dope. You're cool. You could just like come in and be yourself. So, okay, let's get to the questions for real. I'm like talking, talking, talking. Where are you struggling with your voice? Like if I asked you to give a monologue about you, your story, who you are, when you're talking to a brand new stranger, would you be able to say it clearly? and confidently with your chest. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but like um, speak from your chest or say it with your chest. That's one of my favorite lines. I think it was Kevin and Kevin Hart. I first heard it from, but if you can say it with your chest, people will feel it. People will feel your authority without you having to say like, I am an authority. You don't have to say that. It just is. Same with like, I have integrity. You don't have to repeat that. Just act it out. Or I am creative. Don't tell us, show us. I want you to show us what you believe with your own voice. So where are you struggling with your voice? When I ask you a question, I hope if you're not like driving or if maybe you're walking, you can just pause and like put this in a little note, a little note app moment, just so you can ask yourself, where am I struggling with my voice? Because ultimately, if you walk away from this podcast and you listen to me, cool, you've got more content in your head. Awesome. There's a lot of content all day long. I want you to do something with this content and just really evaluate where am I struggling with my voice? And then the next question is, where do you feel like your voice has been squelched and squashed? And I'm going to tell you my personal story as to where I felt like this this really derived from. And it started in childhood, but then I continuously saw it throughout teenage years, adulthood, where it'd be like, you know, icky sticky situations with folks just like projecting. And I am an energetic girly. So every time I run into a problem, I'm asking myself, what is this doing for me? What am I learning? What's the lesson? What's the mirror here? But then also, because I'm not a spiritual bypasser, I'm also saying to myself, where where do I not own some of this? Like, 
yes, maybe it's bringing up a lesson that I still haven't fully walked through and like alchemized into a new experience, but you're not always the the one at fault in, in crappy situations. So I just want to say that. And I want you to know that it's good to come from this lens of like, like the warrior lens instead of the victim lens of like, where could I have done better, et cetera, et cetera. But I also want you to consider what is kind of my like soul's work here to figure out why this keeps happening and what I can do to change it. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So where do you feel like your voice has been squelched and squashed? Where do you feel like you're kind of bumping up against guardrails, like a bowling ball in a bowling alley? Do you remember those, the like guardrails that were there to help us when we were kids? But what are those voice guardrails you still have up that are actively keeping you from using your voice? You might even have like a little moment when you're just, I would feel this in class a lot or even in meetings Uh, I worked at a law school. That's like the higher education part of me. I would be like, oh my gosh, that's not a good idea that we're considering doing. I should say something. And I would just sit there. And I was going through a lot in that time of my life. I was struggling with depression and anxiety. I was just a couple of months or less than a year off of a very traumatic event And I just felt like every time I went to go speak out my truth and say, like, I don't know if that's a good idea, I was terrified that I was going to be squelched and squashed like a bug. And so I just wouldn't speak up or I would speak up and then I would have that experience and I'd be like, well, (laughs) that kind of confirms this common denominator of I am always told to like hush up, be quiet. And there was a lot of work that I had to do you know, personally, I will always, always point you to counseling, therapy, and then simultaneously anything you can do somatically to get that out of your body. So you're not just like talking about it all the time and bringing those feelings back up in your body, but not doing anything about it. So if you want some resources of where to go, please let me know. We've worked with plenty of clients that can support you, but Like I said, there's going to be this hint of campfire-esque storytelling in this podcast. I learn best from stories, and I feel that most of us do. That's just kind of ingrained in the human race. We have a connection and tethered tie to the folktales of our ancestors. Like, you know your grandmother would tell you a story like times 10, and you would remember it forever. I can like instantly, I'm like, my grandma Aquila, she would tell me, always put your purse in the front seat of your car when you're like putting your groceries in the trunk because her purse was stolen one time. And I, y'all, she said that same story (laughs) about 20, 2011 times. And so every time I go to my car, I'm like, okay, let me put my purse in the front and then come back to my groceries and not get my my purse stolen. It was literally stolen off of her shoulder. So it was very traumatic for, for Grandma Quilla. So my hope is that this next story of mine just helps you to look around for similar markers in your own journey that are providing you a space to choose a new pathway, to create a new neural pathway in your brain and evoke and kindle a new way of using your voice. So let's go. Let's talk about it. This is my personal story and why I have consistently seen this kind of generational pattern pop up of not using my voice, not speaking up, which is actually my biggest gift next to writing. Like I can hold space for people. I'm very good at being empathetic. I feel like 
<laughs> I am a mental projector, like I said, human design wise, but I would say that I'm I'm definitely like highly sensitive person. I just had a a human design reading not terribly long ago with Danny of Practical Magic HD, I believe is her Instagram handle. I'll make sure to put it in the show notes. But I just heard so much about myself that was like, oh yeah, that is why I am like this and why I do this. And it was just, it was very powerful first off, but I definitely have like a different perspective and with being a mental projector, I'm like a highly sensitive person. She was like, you're like the OG highly sensitive person. And so I can really feel when like emotions shift in the atmosphere. It helps me to be very good with business, like intuitively understanding like "Mm, the client is not digging this strategy. Let's shift. Or there's like a, a deeper emotional root here that's happening as to why they don't want to do this specific thing in their business or why they're kind of self-sabotaging, like whatever that might be. But at the same point, this gift and this curse also allows me to see when someone's annoyed with my voice or feels like I'm talking up and talking out and speaking out too much. And so I really had to like kind of turn off that <laughs> that gift when I'm speaking up so I can actually use my voice and and allow myself to speak boldly and be expressive and not people please just because someone in the room doesn't necessarily love what I'm saying or whatever it might be. But this all connects back to a childhood root that is a generational pattern for a lot of the women in my family of not speaking up and being very expressive with what they want to say, what they actually mean to say, or how to use their creative gifts. Like the women in my family, creative, creative. And they've done so much in their lives that they're proud of, that they have been creative in. I am here to break this generational pattern of not being our most creative self and the fullest expression of ourselves. So I want you to consider What is the generational pattern that keeps popping up for you in different ways in your life, but is still like very obvious that there's something there? I just want you to consider. Okay, so let's talk about my story. And I want you to share your story too, obviously. Like that is, this is your conversation pit. We want you to go back and forth with us. So if you feel open to, led to, we will have a way for you to do that in the show notes. Just send us an email kind of thing. Send us an Instagram DM. I'm sure that like a minute long voice memo for our our voicemail app is not going to be long enough for you, but I want to hear your story and I want to see what comes up for you of like, what is the generational pattern you're breaking in your life and with your brand collection and with the way that you approach life and business? So From a child, I was told to be quiet and to be good very often. My parents were very young when they had me, and I was a surprise, like right after the wedding, immediately. And I like beat all of the odds because with preventive measures, I still, I am still here. I should not be talking to you on this microphone, but yet I am. And be quiet was kind of a loving structure for my parents that they put in place for themselves, but also grew up hearing, like, especially, especially my mom, like, she would definitely say like children are to be seen, not heard, like that was her past. She didn't necessarily feel that about me and my childhood, but 
there was still like a routine of quiet time at the end of the day or the beginning of the day. But in the middle of the day, I was like this bouncing ball (laughs) of kinetic energy as an only child with just a regular school structure. And so I was like, I want to talk to everyone at school, but here we are to learn we're here to learn. And it was noted on every report card that I was a fantastic student, super helpful, blah, 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 but that I could not be moved anywhere (laughs) because I would literally talk to anyone and everyone. And I just could not hush. And my voice is like my biggest flex and it's my biggest asset, my best asset. And from childhood, it had a lot of, a lot of those like guardrails that we're talking about. And if I look back seven generations to where the women in my family were, what they were doing, the power they carried in themselves that they most likely didn't use very often because they had some basic structures to adhere to. I get really sad, like deep, dark, cave-like sadness that their expression and their essence did not get to come through their voices because they had a very specific structure of what they were supposed to do on this earth. And that's just, that breaks my heart. And so our voices really carry our identity into the world. If I didn't have a voice or I couldn't speak, of course, I would use a different way, like use my hands to create and write written words to carry my voice. If I couldn't do that, I'd find another medium to do it. We all do. But you have a very specific and certain medium that you're meant to use in order to shift society forward with your gifts and your craft. And craft is so important for us because we live in Asheville, North Carolina. If you've never been here, I really, first off, want to invite you to come. But it's, it's a place where craft was truly created. Like this is a space where art is just huge. Music is huge. Anything that you want to do, it's kind of like the Southern New York is what it's coined as. And it's also like at that pricing capability, or excuse me, at that pricing, like just in general, is just economically, it's a place that is a very like mini New York. And it it really leans into craft. Like folks will pay double, triple the price of whatever they can find online at a cheaper price to have woodworkers in Asheville create their furniture. Furniture comes from Asheville a lot of the time. High-end designs are regularly stolen from our artists and used on really, really big furniture sites that you know, that, you know, furniture designers that you know and you've seen. But here craft means so much from craft beer to craft woodworking to if there's a class that you want to attend to try to apprentice under a craftsman that's been doing it for generations Asheville is where you come people come here to learn art and to learn the way of the craft and so for me when we started rebranding the cheetah company originally that meant a lot to us because this, uh, the Cheetah Company was originally called by Ashley Henry. I wanted to be a journalist most of my life. And so I thought, I'll just have like a pin, a pin name, you know, like a byline of by Ashley Henry. And we grew so quickly and so fast that I was like, this is meant to be an entity, truly. And so now that we're the Cheetah Company, we still like really lean into craft and literature and film and art to inspire us. 
And for me, I shift society forward the fastest when I have the opportunity to have conversations with folks in an intimate or large group setting. I've spoken to groups of two and groups of 200 and the effect is still the same, like just intimacy. So I want you to consider what your medium is. What do folks comment on the most about you and your ability to shift the atmosphere and the energy? Is it through your voice as well? It happens so often for our clients that I'm kind of assuming, but I don't want to assume, so I won't. But is it your writings, your innovative creations? Whatever it is, it's probably popping up in your your mind and your soul now. And I don't want you to squelch it because that's probably an outside effect. I want you to lean in and really think like, yeah, that is my craft. That's what I'm here to do. That's part of my soul work. So... On the outside effect, I learned how to squelch my squeals of joy and my tickled excitement and my real and in the moment responses to people, things and places because I had this internal guardrail of be good and be quiet. Like those were my two pillars that I was walking in. And you can create a life based on neural pathways that you're creating in your childhood. And so those were kind of my top two alongside like be polite, which also got me into a lot of kind of trouble because I wasn't recognizing like, yes, I'm being polite, I'm being quiet and I'm being good. But now I'm not really sure of when to not be good and be quiet and be polite. Like when is it appropriate to say like, I don't feel comfortable right now and I need a boundary and you need to get away from me. (laughs) And that's like a whole other conversation. But thinking about your neural pathways doesn't just open you up for, you know, more, more auditing and elevating of your own business. It's auditing and editing and evaluating yourself as a person and saying like, Ooh, I keep stepping into these traps where I am told to be good, be quiet and be polite to the point that you could step in some real shit. I I hope you like curse words. I like curse words. So the parenting of my parents was truly meant for good, but my internal self really perceived those two pieces as like, don't step out of line, don't speak up and be polite because I grew up in the American South and children don't speak unless spoken to, you know, like back when. And don't be loud and don't be too much and don't be too much of anything and kind of fade in, but don't necessarily like revolutionize the energy or the conversation, just be there and fade into the background. And again, this is like some projecting and some um, kind of metabolizing and digesting of the communication that my parents were giving to me. So they weren't necessarily saying like, you need to fade in, but they were saying, be quiet, be polite. This is an adult conversation. And I was an only child with no one to talk to, no kids around me. And so I did. And I was regularly a leader in different positions growing up, but I also really allowed myself to be unheard. Like I said, meetings, uh, bosses would claim ideas that I brought to the table, privately with them. They would claim it as their own. I would speak out and speak up about what I needed, but then kind of fade back when met with adversity. So if I said, you know, I I really feel like I need an office because of all of these different jobs on my, my desk, like I have been promoted times two or three, especially in higher education. 
And I feel like there is a need here for a space where I can really close the door and work on these projects and initiatives. Otherwise, they're not going to get complete, even with all of the interns and different team members that I can lean on. If I can't have quiet time as a leader to lead the project and the initiative, it's not going to get done. And that wasn't really respected. And it's okay. Totally get it. Like, no shame, no blame, because we're here now. But I was met with that adversity and I would kind of lean back and be like, oh no, well, okay. And so if I would have allowed myself to continue to do that at the Cheetah Company, I would have struggled a lot. The first thing I did as soon as I left corporate, or excuse me, as soon as I left the startup I was working at, I went straight to counseling. I was in counseling and corporate as well for something different. But after the startup, I was like, I have let myself again be squelched and squashed and kind of like chewed up and spit out. If you've never been in startup culture, it's it's a high octane environment. And my burnout really, really started there. And I just didn't know what to do afterwards. So the best thing I could do was go to a counselor. And I just want you to consider like, what do you need as a founder to really consider the bigger picture, not just the brand or business or results, whatever those might be, or media features and you know PR pushes or uh, just working with thought leaders and the best people in your industry. Instead, who are you as a founder? And what are some of these childhood problems that you're still pushing through that are squashing and squelching your voice? So I really want to share a little bit more about the power of consideration And being aware of the power of your losses, your grieving periods, and your moments of like, oh, this childhood trauma or this neural pathway or this struggle that I've seen pop up in other areas of my life before this business is back. Like after working with 100 plus clients, I think we're near 200 plus clients at this point. In the last couple of years, I can tell you. I can go down like a roster of our clients that we've all worked, that we've worked with over all of these years. And I can pinpoint some childhood traumas that continuously came up while we worked together that those clients either actually looked into or didn't. And either way, it's fine. Everyone's on their own journey. But the ones that did, they saw everlasting results because they were able to get out of kind of the hierarchy of needs, if you've never looked up that triangle and those levels of different needs, I want you to, because ultimately your childhood stuff is usually hanging out at the bottom rungs that keeps you from the top of the triangle, which is like self-actualization and being able to do the things that you're meant to do here with intention and not be like locked in by old stuff. So... I realized that my voice was being squelched at the Cheetah Company. It sucked. I don't want to go into like all the details by any means, but I realized it and I was just like, I can feel it and this is powerful and there's a reason for this. There's a reason all of this is happening and now being so far on the other side of it, I was like so surprised even journaling about it pretty recently, just being like, that situation was the best thing that could have happened to me because even though it hurt and there was a lot of like bleh to it, that's all I'm going to say. There was so much to it that I was like, this is a part of my evolution. Like what I'm here to do, 
this makes sense why I would have spiritual warfare and difficulty like this and all of that. And a client turned friend, she recently shared a quote that like stopped me in my tracks. And perhaps this also hits for you. But it was something like the scars on your hearts are not from your enemies. And coming back to that childhood trauma, no matter who you lived with or what your home situation was like, you were around really close people all of the time in close quarters and accidentally, most likely, hopefully not intentionally. I know for my parents, it was not intentional of like, be quiet and be good. Those were good words from them. They were reminders to be a good person in society. My mom literally was like, I wanted you to be a good person in society and to add to society and not take away from it. And so I started to go down kind of an unabridged rabbit hole of journaling to find what was coming up for me with that quote. And though at first it was like harms and hurts that I've experienced in my life and with the company and our brand portfolio, it really turned into where am I acting as the one giving myself scars through the pain of squelching my own self by not speaking up similar to the meetings in corporate and higher education to say like, no, no, no. Hey, that was my idea. This is stuff that I'm protecting and I'm protecting it because it's my career and it's important that I am seen in this space as someone that can support this corporation and this higher education model, a university to move forward. And then same with the Cheetah Company. So I really started to evaluate who had access to me and the back end of the company, my boundaries, my energy, my voice, my thoughts, my experiences. And I started to get really protective, like the circle got smaller. And you hear that with leaders all the time. Founders of huge companies, they will tell you, I have a small circle. I don't talk about my ideas until they're like a year old before they're like really in play. I'm embodying those and I'm taking them close to close to the chest and keeping them protected. And it felt really good to be protective with myself, my energy, my time, the energetic access that people had to me and the company, because there was a contained space of whom had access to my ideation periods, my time of retreat and revival. And yet I still kind of met my inner critic even with a smaller circle of privacy, because it then acted as a mirror for me to consider what scars am I creating or am I squelching about all the aforementioned energy, voice, boundaries, intellectual property, private background. And so as a founder, if you're not editing and auditing your energy, your circle, your company on the regular, you can kind of get lost of like, I don't know what's working, what's not working. And I don't know why I don't feel great every day or why I'm not popping out of bed anymore because I'm like so jazzed about the soul work that I'm doing here. Not just like the why, because the why of a company, the mission, the vision, it's always going to like tweak and change. But the vibration of why I'm here, the soul work I'm meant to do, I'm meant to create immersive spaces of belonging and connection because I didn't feel like I belonged as a child, as a soul. Like like I said, I was a surprise to my family and I didn't even know that until I was like 18, 19, but I could feel it. I was like, I wasn't supposed to be here yet. Like we were not ready for Ashley. We were not ready for Ashley and yet we were, right? But 
I knew pretty early on that my goal here is to just help people connect, help people connect, have conversations that change their lives, walk away with a smile or kind of a an experience of like, wow, I'm deeply changed because of that conversation. And I've seen that happen over and over again in business where I've sat down with people, especially when there's like a PR crisis management style experience where they've started the call and they've been like, I can't believe this. Like my character is being attacked. All these things are happening. The brand, like what is this going to do to our brand and our reputation, et cetera, et cetera. And so their voices start to get squelched. They don't even know how to speak, what to say, what to do. And we come in because that's something that we do for very select folks, depending on if we have a a relationship with them. And by the end of that call, just really considering like the bigger picture, let's zoom out for a little bit and see like, can we take an aerial view, which is something I'm very good at, again, as a mental projector with human design, I really want to think about what's the bigger picture here. I think we're thinking really small because it is like a big emotional and like business struggle right now when something like that is happening. And how can we take take the high road? How can we just like create some energetic space right now to think in a different way? And then they leave the call laughing. Like that is the best thing that can happen in business. And it doesn't even matter if like what really happens on the other side of that because the founder is taken care of. And if the founder is taken care of and resilient, they can pop back up. They can pop back up and say like, okay, I'm fine. I'm good. And I can, I can lead us out of this. So overall, that's how all of this relates to business. I see industry leaders all of the time create this strange gap between their communities and themselves, like some weird, funky hierarchy or kind of a voyeuristic audience instead of an immersive community that's a space of belonging and communication. Like every person I meet, I'm willing to learn something from them. I'm willing to teach them something. I'm willing to have a really great conversation. And I think in business, when people try to like place people on a hierarchy of authority and all that junk, it becomes this pedestal culture that's like, we just don't love that. We just don't love that. It's not dope. It's not the move. It's spooky danger. That's what it is. And we talked about this in our annual service summary in 2022. And that's on our blog. We can put that in the show notes. The pretty you look at, but the pedestaling of people in business is just really weird and icky to me personally. Like even when I worked at a corporation or in higher education at a university, regularly, I would talk to the CEO or the president, just like, hi, hello, handshake, because it didn't matter. Like, cool, you started a company. Cool, you are the president of the university. I see everyone as one circle. There is no separation between me and you or you and me. And the more you can do that and create that brand sentiment in your business, it's going to change the game. You're not just going to be memorable. It's going to be an egoless experience and company for folks to just instantly like opt into like, oh, this is the place I'm meant to be. (laughs) And that's not the brand sentiment that we're trying to create at the Cheetah Company, our modern business hub for modern business women. Like we do not want a hierarchy. We do not want a pedestal culture 
or here at the conversation pit. Like everywhere you can go to hang out with us, there's no hierarchy between us. You are not a part of some voyeuristic audience that cannot talk to me or our team or connect about fun things like TikToks that went viral that you adore. Or I talk about like sports games on my personal brand. Like during the playoffs, you will see me playing off, getting no sleep on the East Coast, because usually my teams are on the West Coast. And just like what I'm learning from it, from a sports game, like, what's difficult inside of your business? And how are you reframing it? All of that is allowed, like we create that conversational culture at the Cheetah Company and all of our brands and our portfolio. So this is the conversation pit and this is a space where it all comes together. I don't believe there's a hierarchy in conversation. If there is, you're not in a conversation. You're in a power negotiation. And I've worked with a lot of people in the last couple of years, both within our team and outside of our team as collaborators, strategic partnerships. And I have worked with a lot of mentors and strategists over the years too. And as soon as I recognize that there's a hierarchy, I'm just like, oh, I can't be brand loyal to this. <laughs> I've got to have a space where we can be like in the same tone, just hanging out and also learning about business and life at the same time. Like if there's not a space for me to be loyal to an experience, to structure and overall purpose of the brand that I'm investing into, I'm just not in and you're probably not either. So when I ask leaders like, hey, how are you doing? And they don't immediately answer or they don't answer I'm just kind of like immediately disinterested. Like I want to know the people I'm working with. I want to know our clients on a deep, deep level. And we do, we have since day one, I've been like, Hey, what's your positive focus for life and business? What's going good? Have you had a good time with your kids this summer? What are you guys doing? What'd you do this weekend? How are you feeling in this season? What are you struggling with? Like what's on your heart? What are you praying about right now? What are you walking through right now? And I think that the more that you can do that in your own brand, the more you will see not just conversation or brand loyalty, like those are two major things, sure, but a different sentiment will happen. A different atmosphere energetically is going to populate and it's not going to be like a KPI you could track on like Hotjar, which shout out to Hotjar, we love them. We're going to put them in the show notes for you, but It's something that you can track in a different way. Like, what are the conversations I'm having with clients right now? How are conversations going with my community? Like, what's going on with people? And a lot of the time I ask people how they are and and they start talking about business, like how business is. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's that's not what I asked. I asked how you are as a person, as a founder, and that's not the kind of brand movement I'm interested in building or being in partnership with. And I doubt that you are either because I can tell you can tell that there's an unspoken and potentially even non-aware, like I'm not projecting here. I'm just seeking to say that this is how it comes off, especially after working at a law school, that it's a weird power negotiation when you can't have a regular conversation, like a regular human being as a leader in your industry. And as a leader in our industry, we're down to have conversation about whatever. And it creates a through thread of connection and vulnerability, transparency, real humanness. And I only invest in brands that have real human teams that really want to talk to their loyal customers and clients. So 
The Gen Z portion of the marketplace is also demanding this. I am a millennial. I'm a millennial. But they're demanding purpose and values from companies that are different. Millennials are seeking for companies to care about emotional intelligence more than ever. And Gen X, they want to be seen and known for how much they bring to the table and how we can receive from them. Even a hyper innovative and technology driven society, they come with skill sets. They come with people skills that are forgotten. The handwritten note, the handwritten note. Uh, There's wisdom from every person around you. And when you close off that conversation and connection, you close off your own learning and, and your own journey and growth. And so all of this comes back to how to shift conversations into conversations instead of negotiations of power, especially if you connect to what I'm sharing personally with my generational pattern that I'm breaking on this earth. Like the more I can speak up with my voice, the more I can create conversation and connection. So what are you here to do? So here's how to shift, create conversation instead of negotiations of power, create space to learn from the other person. If your mentor or someone that you're investing into isn't interested in learning from you and also creating a spotlight for you where they can feel like you're allowed to be successful and there's no weird threats or envy or whatever it might be, that's a good thing. If there is, you're probably you probably evolved like past where you're currently in. And that's okay too. You will outgrow, you will outgrow friendships, business relationship, partnerships all the time. We've done it. We've heard our clients do it. Again, we work with folks that are starting from the ground up, startups, true and true, emerging businesses, and also very established businesses, like 10 to 20 years kind of thing in the brick and mortar space and coming into the online space or just trying to increase you know, brand loyalty, advocacy, and sales inside of their brick and mortar. So get comfortable with saying sentences like, I would love to hear more about that or save more or color me intrigued. I'd like to know more and be open to connective communities you're in deep intimacy with instead of these voyeuristic audiences that can't connect with you or with the person behind the video or the caption or the email, like, Even your funnels, if your funnel is feeling like very EDU, if you downloaded something from the internet from a major entity and it's feeling like that, but you're more of a personal brand and you have a personal face to your entity, really consider that. Like, how can I make this more conversational? People want more. Are you willing to stretch your capacity, your emotional intelligence, and your capability for more? So... Let's talk about some big takeaways to try in your own life and business. I want you to create a space this week to use your gift and your craft in a new way. So first off, what is your gift and your craft? And then how are you squelching it with old emotional guardrails that we can now release because it's safe to do so, number one. And number two, you're now aware of it. So if you're aware of a problem, I know, I know that you're a sovereign, self-responsible leader that is going to say like, well, there's a problem. (laughs) I think if like, so if you're making coffee and for some reason the coffee pot is just like overflowing and there's all this hot coffee just running down your coffee bar and your coffee pot, I have a coffee bar. I have a whole situation. If you saw that, you wouldn't go like, oh, I'm just going to lick away 
I don't see that problem. I don't see that coffee. You would look at that and say like, I have a problem on my hands. Like, what should I do first? Assembly line it. Like, should I unplug and then dump the coffee out? How do I stop this coffee from overflowing? And then now it's going everywhere. Is it going to ruin my floors? That's the same with emotional problems. People will just push them down forever and ever. But it's like a coffee pot overflowing, hot liquid all over your emotional neural pathways or emotional pathways and your neural pathways. And if you don't do something about it, it will create a new pathway where your brain will always go down. If you're always like, oh, I'm going to freeze in this kind of situation and you don't try to change that, you will always freeze in that situation as someone who has major experience in that. So schedule in a way for you to use your gift this month for one to two hours. And please, 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 please send us an email or a message on any platform to share how you felt, what you experienced and why you chose to do it. You could literally tag us on your stories. We hang out on Instagram the very most for all of these brands, but tag us at your conversation pit. Let us see you. I want you to be known as a boundary breaking creative with a craft that may be in the same industry as others, but you're not in the same category whatsoever. Like, just know that first off, embody and feel that in your soul. But whoever came to your mind, as I said, that is probably your inspiration. Like who is so good at being a boundary breaking creative with a craft that might be in the same industry as others, but they are not, you know what I mean? They like, definitely stand far away from a crowd and have a very different perspective that makes them resonate, makes them reverberate in your soul. And then at the end of every conversation pit episode, we're going to give you a conversation starter for your life and business to expand your own conversation pit this week. So you have this kind of like I talked about with my brother, he always had this invisible conversation pit around him at his celebration of life. One of his friends said, one of the first things he asked around a campfire was like, so what are all your fears? <laughs> and that's just so Isaiah. And I want you to be able to have a conversation starter that you expand the community, the immersive space of belonging that you create, because even though it's my soul work, you're on earth here to do this work too. So we need more connection. Connection keeps us alive and happy and just in straight up community with people. So let's see here. What's your question for the week? Okay. What's one way your mind, body, and spirit are feeling disconnected? Oh, Lord. Oh, goodness. This is roughly the question I asked two girlfriends uh, in Asheville a couple of months ago now, I would say, like maybe three months, maybe a little less. Uh, Leah and Danny, I'll have to note them in the show notes. They're incredible. Two Asheville entrepreneurs that I met through the Beauty Boost, who is also incredible. And that's an entrepreneurial group here in Asheville, but there's chapters all around the U.S. if you're in the U.S. And it really, really moved our conversation to the point that it was so deep that it no longer felt like we were in downtown Asheville on a Monday having coffee outside of one of my favorite coffee shops. It felt like we were dangled in connection and belonging and communion to really just open up the conversation and go deeper and deeper. So I'm going to repeat that question one time and ask you to go ask your people. So what's one way 
your mind, body, and spirit are feeling disconnected. I can't wait to hear what people come up with first off. Uh, Cause everything that we all came up with, we were like, dang, did we just have a little, little sesh, like a little counseling sesh accidentally? Cause we're all like, you know, high vibe women that are down to say like, Hey, I tried this in counseling or this trauma thing helped me this exercise, this somatic approach really helped me. So it was beautiful, stunning. I won't share their details cause that's all theirs, but um, mine had a lot to do with my voice still surprisingly. And that was just a couple of months ago. And I was like, dang, I just really hit it out of the park there. Like, I know why this is still happening. And it's all like on me to let, let some of this go. So I did, I feel great. I feel great. So I'm excited to hear how that conversation starter goes for you. Use it in life, use it in business. I do want to give you a little tricky trick because we'll be talking about sales psychology and just the human psych of, of humans that are consuming your content, your marketing to potentially make a sales decision to work with you and your business. And this works in general, like even if you're creating a personal brand, potentially to be an affiliate for other brands or write your own book or start your own podcast or have a shop full of like really dope products that you want people to buy and feel really connected to. The ability to talk about more than just business is so sexy, so sexy. Like, I don't know if you've ever been with business owners that are just like, let's talk about business and KPIs and how can we grow and how can we do this? It just gets really bland and boring because strategy is cool. We love strategy. We are strategy girlies at the Cheetah Company, but we are also very energetic and we want to make sure you're having a great life too. So We like to talk about more than just business around here and not always route everything back to business either. So I'm excited. Happy first episode. Love that you're here. Love that we're in the conversation pit. I'm going to go finish my spicy watermelon margarita, grab some dinner and enjoy the evening. But I have so enjoyed being in the conversation pit with you. And I kind of like think of it as ours. Obviously, that's why we called it your conversation pit, because we want you to be able to share your thoughts and energy and conversations with us. So nothing's off the table, as long as it's not too explicit. You know what I mean? I might send you a voice memo on Instagram instead. But if you haven't checked out the voice memo voicemail app below in the show notes, please do enjoy it. Send us a voicemail and we'd love to hear your conversations, your questions. Let me know how this conversation starter even goes for you when you ask the people in your life. And if it feels kind of sticky, kind of weird, kind of forced at first, it's okay. We're just all used to being online and being virtual. So give it a sec, give it a beat and let people just enjoy the experience of getting into deep conversation yet again. And that's what we're here for. So we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks so much for coming. Bye. If you enjoyed this conversation today, I invite you to subscribe so we can stay connected and keep the conversation going. When you subscribe, you'll receive a notification when we've posted a new life and business changing episode. I'm sure you listen to a lot of podcasts and you know how it works.
The easiest way for all of us to join each other in the conversation pit is for you to share a review with us so we can find more of our people together and have deeper conversations. Your review is literally a call out to anyone else that belongs in the conversation pit community. Before we go, a note to you, create conversations that matter and connect with people that you want to connect with. We invite you to start a conversation all around the world so we can create a more conversational collective and leave voyeuristic audiences behind. Voyeuristic audiences are audience of people that just watch you online or in person that don't feel connected to you and who don't know how to connect with you. Create approachable life and business changing conversations and see your life and business change forever. We want to invite you over to our home so we can continue the conversation and experience more at thecheetahcompany.com where we host the Cheetah Cafe, our blog space to sip and pour over and receive knowledge and wisdom from all over the globe with women that are just like you, building timeless and everlasting brands all around the world. We'd also like to invite you into our email community where we have deeper conversations in the written word. You can find ways to connect in the show notes and via our website at thecheetahcompany.com, where we have complimentary resources that are on the house to help you plan your content strategy in a way you've never experienced before and retain your clientele through legacy-focused marketing. And if you'd like to connect directly, Instagram is the main place we hang out and you can find us at the handles below in the show notes. See you there and let's keep the conversation going.